Oh, so much good this morning. All right, so uh, Matthew 6, the, the truth is we were not originally going to preach this particular passage. Um, it was the conclusion of last week's passage, and, and I thought that that's what it was supposed to be, and, and it was. And then as we got to that last part in, in Matthew chapter 6, where um, 24 through 35, that was kind of the, the have peace after telling you not to treasure all these things and then have, have peace is what Jesus calls us back to, then God was just very clear in my heart of, but Ricky, this is what Cross Life needs right now. So don't rush past it. And so this is this is where we're going to be today. And it's, it's even slightly different in our approach to it. Um, but here's the, here's the problem with gathering. It's good, it's wonderful, it's great, it's glorious, we get charged. But uh, the problem is that then we go and we forget. That's just the reality of our lives. Is we go from this place as we're supposed to, and then we forget some of those things that were said, some of the things that were sung, some of the feelings of it. The, the truth is that, that our lives are too short and our lives are too rushed. And my family's living in that too. Our lives are too short, they're too rushed. Even today, we're going to be rushing from this place, the Massingales are, to, to get to the next thing. And in the rushing, we forget. And so, the problem is we just, we don't give time even in church to just pause and dwell. Like we're, we've got to read the Bible and then we've got to go. Like we've got to drink our cup of coffee and say a quick prayer and then we've got to go. We just don't, we don't get to pause. And so, we forget, uh, Jesus said in, in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And he says, I came so they may have life and have it abundantly. No, I don't know if we're living the abundant life. And I'm not saying this is a live your best life right now moment type sermon. It's not. It's actually just a, hey, would you, what if you just had time to just like live in these truths? And so, Today's approach is different. We're going to read this passage, and then we're going to lead you to, to several other passages, but we're just going to read them, and I'm going to kind of put like a little bit of scope and perspective there, and then just give you time, like with the guitar strumming, um, just to like just dwell in it, like with your pen moving or with your prayers, with your eyes open or closed. You're going to hear that over and over, with eyes open or closed, pen moving or still doesn't matter, just like time for you to just like pause on these passages because these are life-giving things that we have. We just, we read the Word, that sounds great, I love it, and then we go, and then eventually we find our notes, we're like, oh, it wasn't, I, I forgot about that. So you're going to hear very familiar passages today. Today's not about novelty. It's not about me offering, like, some keen insight so that you can, like, grasp the Greek words better. It's about taking you to very clear passages and giving you time to pause, because I don't know if you heard those kiddos while I, like I did, and it's a beautiful sound, but there's a lot that goes on, and moms and dads just need time to pause and dwell. I need time to pause and dwell, and so do grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. We just need to be taken to the Word, the green pasture of His Word, and just rest. So that's today. Y'all with me? I hope what we find today is, is that we can rest in trusting Him. The passages are going to be familiar. What does it mean to just trust Him and rest in it? But my wholehearted sinful problem, y'all, is that 
I do not rest in his deity and sovereignty on a daily basis. Like, I don't always rest in the fact that he is God, and I need you to remind me of it, and sometimes I just stop, and I'm like, but he's God, and I, I just forget, because life gets busy, and when life gets busy, we default usually to trying to do things on our own, and we operate from this idea that, okay, God, I got this, and we say that a lot, I got this. We tell one another, I got this, and I've got, I'm going to do this, and we tell God, I've got this. Whenever God does not say to us, you've got this, he says, I am the great I am, and I've got this, and we just need to rest. So with that, we find truth, we find rest, and the comfort for our souls. We live life abundantly when we live according to his word. Today is about resting. So in Matthew 6, 25-34, believers, hear this. Jesus speaking says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, so to begin, just want to clarify that at Cross Life, we do, we hold to expository preaching, which means, means that the, the meaning of the text is the meaning of the text. I have to keep it in context. And what was originally meant to that audience or what was originally written to that audience is what we need for today, too. We, we understand it differently because of different cultures, like we, we have different application, possibly. But the meaning of the text can only be what the text means. So we're holding to that. And I'm putting that at the the front because today is going to feel a little bit different. What you're going to hear today is not taking this verse by verse and word by word, but the whole meaning of this passage is rest in trusting God. That's the whole meaning of the text. Another conviction that we have that you're really going to hear today is that Scripture is the best commentary for Scripture. Now, I have all these commentaries that I can visit, and I do, but really... What the best way to understand this passage is to find these passages that support it. So the scripture is always supporting scripture. The best commentary for scripture is other scripture. And so today, what we hope is that you are being led to these passages that continue to expound over and over. Do not be anxious about life. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Today, we hope, our desire, is to take you to those passages and give you time to simply learn to trust Him yet again. And even this moment, y'all, will be tempted to be robbed from us as soon as we leave this place. So rest.
rather than trying to push through and get so much more done, there's a lot of strength in just pausing. So, with that said, to be clear, the meaning of this whole passage, as you read about anxiety and, and God's sovereignty, it's trust God and rest. That's what I need to learn to do. Matthew 6.26 said, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? The rhetorical answer to, or I'm sorry, the answer to that rhetorical question is you are. You're absolutely more valuable than the birds and the grass. Jesus in John 10.10 says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. All right. So that was to begin. Now this is for us to dwell. So y'all join me in Psalm 23. Three. Familiar passage. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff that comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what we're about to do is we just want to simply give you time to read it again on your own, to make notes on your own, to pray and to take that in. I mean, just look at this. Let me show you kind of like a, a mindset of what God was putting on our hearts as we were putting this together. Is look at this. He is your shepherd. What does that mean? But that your God is not only mindful of you, but that he's with you. The shepherd never leaves his sheep. He's always with you. He leads you. He protects you. He provides for you. That's what the shepherd does. And he is your shepherd. I shall not want. Look at that. I shall not want. What does that mean? But that he does provide all that you truly need. The psalmist says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And maybe the feeling right now you have is that I feel forsaken. And you forget that the shepherd's right here with you. Look at that. He leads you to green pastures. What does that mean? That he leads you to where you need to go, not always where you want to go, but where you can eat and where you can rest in green fields. Look at that. He leads you beside still waters. What does that mean? You get the idea. So Mike here is he's going to strum. And whether you're with eyes closed or open, pinned, still, or moving, we just want to give you time to dwell in this comforting truth that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here in a moment, I'm going to step back up and, and we're going to transition to the next passage. We're going to have time to pause and we're going to transition to the next passage. This is the, the, the mode of service for today. Not what I can say, but what God's word says to us for all time so that we can remember. So take time. Eyes closed or open, pins still or moving. We want to give you time to dwell on this comforting truth.
Amen. And let's move now to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read a passage, you're going to get to dwell in, and then we're actually with you there and seated after a, a short time, then we're going to sing a song. It's going to be All the Way My Savior Leads Me. And they're in the, the front of the books. Is that correct? So in the front of your song books, there's an insert, and it's got the songs that we're going to sing today so we don't have you flipping every which direction. Sometimes we'll simply strum and go on. Sometimes we will strum and sing and then go on. But Ephesians chapter 2, listen to this incredibly comforting passage. And you were dead. That's not the comforting part, by the way. Okay. And you were dead. And when you're dead, there's no life, there's no point, there's no trajectory, there's no anything. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Past tense, believers. We are following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom, look at this, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now that is who we were. It's all past tense. But God, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, look at this, he might show immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you hear all of that going on? Of who we were, and by His love, who we are. Y'all, this is the gospel. It's the gospel that we forget. This here is the message of, it's the good news of God's deep love for us while we were yet sinners. It's the radical news of God's great redemption of us. And it's the astounding truth, get this, that he loves us to the uttermost with unending love and kindness for the ages to come. That's who you are, recipients of that. So whether with eyes closed or open, I don't care. Making notes or not, I don't care. We want to give you time to dwell in this comforting truth that we who were lost have been saved and received the kindness of him forever and ever and ever. And at the end of a time of strumming, then, then Mike, will, Mike and Anna will lead us in all the way my Savior leads me, and then we're going to go to the next passage. So you have your time now to dwell in that amazing truth. Matthew chapter 11. Flip there. Please. forgot my man. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, says this, and if we're not careful, we rush past it, so let's not. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I, Jesus, I am gentle and lonely, lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Cross life and guessing. Hear the beckoning of your Savior and God. He is gentle, he is humble, and he gives rest. We just forget to rest. So whether eyes open or closed, pins moving or not, we're just going to give you time to dwell in that. And if you figure we're, trying, we're doing about a minute, minute and a half or so, because we've got to keep moving, because there are children's workers back here who will come for us if we don't. But, but take that time. Hear him one more time. Come to me, all who are labor, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will have find rest. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I'll dwell in the peaceful gentleness of our Savior. Move on. Go to 1 John 1 9. And by the way, everyone always remember all the notes are fully available to you. Just send me a message and I'll send you the notes. So you have all these passages and all the notes and everything. It'd be an honor to be able to do that. My last passage reminds me that I've probably taken up, if it's not light and, and easy and restful then I've probably taken a yoke on that wasn't his ever for me to bear. But that also ties to this one in 1 John 1, nine. I hope you hear the promise and the comfort of this even though everything within us is going to deny it. But you need to hear God's word and it says this in 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And not only that, we'll watch this, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you hear that? The second thing is, like, do you believe that? Because we don't live in believing in that. Because we feel like we have to pay like a continual penance. And every time like that we remember the sins that have already been forgiven and already been died for and already been just declared clean by God, we just we don't believe it if we're not living in it. So if we confess our sins, the truth and the promise of Scripture, y'all, is that He is faithful and He forgives us. And not only that, He cleanses us. There's a song before the throne of God above. I love this line. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. Listen to, to Micah 7.19. This is all part of it. He will again have compassion on us. And then he goes on, he says, He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Listen to this. You, God, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And then Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you know who the greatest condemners of ourselves is? Ourselves. We forget that if we have confessed our sins to him, he is faithful, he forgives us, he cleanses us. 
when you trust that, then some of that burden and that yoke that you've been carrying probably becomes a lot lighter because what the Savior says is true. We're going to give you time to dwell on that one and then we're going to be singing it as well to celebrate. And then we're going to keep moving. Take some time and then join us in song. 1 John 1, 9 was the passage. Go to First Peter chapter five. Chances are, well, you're going to know the verse, but chances are we focus on only fifty percent of it. You could be wrong because I don't do math. Taught English, but I just, I just want you to hear something so amazing. First Peter chapter five, verse six through seven it begins this way. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him. Because He cares for you. You hear something truly amazing here. Cast all your anxieties, all your worries, all your fears, all your wonderings, just cast it on Him. Why? Because he cares for you. The question is, and we know the verse, which I think we're very familiar with, and then why don't we? And I think it's all in the first part of that. Look at how that whole passage begins. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. I, Ricky, I do not cast my anxieties on him. I'm telling you because of my own pride, because I refuse to be humble before him. Instead, I feel like I've got to carry this. And how foolish I am to think I've got this. I was never meant to get this or to prove this or to hold it all together on my own. I was meant to rest in the one who's got this. You know what the rest of Scripture all says? He not only has this, but he holds all things together and he breathes out stars. We don't have to have it all together. He holds it all together. We should humble ourselves and just accept who we are, but also accept this. He cares for you. You don't have to say, God, I, I got this. Don't worry about me. It doesn't matter. It's like my kids telling me, don't worry, Dad. I got this. What am I doing? I'm caring for them. And it never relents and it never stops. And that is your infinite Father for you. He cares for you. Therefore, cross life, cast all your cares on Him. Because He cares for you. So whether with eyes closed or open, Tim's moving or, or not, I just want to give you time to dwell on the comforting truth that we should humble ourselves under His mighty hand. We should cast all of our anxieties on Him because He cares for you. 
When's the last time you just rested in that? up here and Daniel they uh, we're calling audibles as we go because we're trying to be mindful of time and so I'm turning around like hey you know how we were gonna we're not gonna do that this time we're gonna do this one and they're uh and they were instrumental in oh that's fine um, but instrumental in helping give direction to this service take a look at Matthew chapter 7 we're gonna this is another one where we are gonna do this verse a couple of points to consider dwell and then sing Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus is speaking and he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then look what he says. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? He goes on, he says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Let's just pause and dwell on that. Because if I, as an earthly father, try to care, provide for, comfort, and love my own children so that they can truly know my deepest love for them, And if I can do this as a finite father, then how much more can an infinite father with boundless love do towards his children? The identity that I think we forget is that we are children of God. We're Christians. We're the redeemed. We're the forgiven. We're followers of Christ. You're a child of God. And that changes everything. So... As the Father is toward His children, so much greater, so much greater, without weariness, without frustration, without selfishness, so much greater and better is He a Father to us, to you. You are His child. And if when your children come to you and you don't turn them away, then how much greater is that love and affection towards us whenever He is infinite? What would, you, what would you think if, if your own children did not know of your deep love for them and if they did not live in it, if they did not come to you, would that break your heart? Absolutely it would. But they don't feel like they can come to you. And we have the Savior and our God saying, come to me, I'm gentle, I am lowly in spirit, I will give you rest. If you ask, I will give it because I'm a loving Father. I will do all these things for you. You are my child, just come to me. Cross life, you are children of God. He is your Father. And I just want you to remember, His love is deep. So we're going to strum for a little bit, and then we're going to sing. The song will be, Seek Ye First. And then we will continue moving. I only have another passage or two left. So whether eyes open or closed, pen moving or not, just... 
time to dwell in this. Okay, here's the quiz. You're going to go to Zephaniah. I'm going to give you a little bit extra time on that one. Zephaniah chapter 3. This is another one. I'm not going to lie, this one was hidden from me for decades. I didn't, I didn't know this verse. It's a good one to know. And we're going to go from this one, we're going to dwell, we're going to sing, and then, then another passage dwell, and Final words. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Believer, that is for us. For all time, from all ages, every nation, tribe, and tongue gets to live in this. We sing to him and of him for his glory, and he delights over us. We just don't really live in that. We don't rest in it. So look at these incredible truths. God is in our midst. He is mighty and our Savior. He rejoices over us with gladness. Y'all, I just want to say, He is a holy God, and yes, He hates sin, but He's already atoned for the sin of the believer, so He does not look at us with disgust. He looks at us with love and gladness. It says He quiets us by His love, and God exalts over us with loud singing. I can break it down and just clarify to you it's simply this he loves you and who you are and that is staggering let's dwell in that and then there will be a song he will rejoice and then final passages
One more passage for you. Our order of service is different. Normally we like conclude and have a concluding, you know, uh, passage and then we sing a song and then we have a benediction at the end. I'm giving you the final verse and then we're going to sing our way out today. Um, so um, the last two passages have been changed. Audible again. You're great. Fantastic, by the way. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. And I hope that this is true of us. And that we can remind one another of this. Because we forget. And I hope that today has been a blessing. And it says this, Matthew chapter 6, believers. Therefore I tell you, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first, believers, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Before we sing, I'm going to go ahead and do my, my final part. It's been a joy to, to be with y'all, to gather, to celebrate through baptism, to celebrate through the Lord's Supper, to celebrate the truths of God, to celebrate with one another how He has brought us in. It's been great. Love you all. Have a great day. Let's sing his praises and go.